Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and we are back. It's been about a month on hiatus. Uh, The holiday season created a lot of scheduling issues, but we are back. We are back, and we are back to recap the NFL playoffs. Uh, We will have a Super Bowl preview show coming out in a future pod. But for this one, we are going to be recapping each round game by game of the NFL playoffs. And here to join me, I've got from Foxborough Files, Zach Lacey and Mike Ayula. Yo, what up? Thanks for having us. Glad to be back. Thanks for having us, Ryan. You're welcome. And we got Nick Brown. How we doing, Nick? Oh, dude, I'm stuffed. I love chocolate chip cookies. Too bad uh, none of you guys got any. That's that's real. Tough. I, yeah, because whenever we come over and we ask for cookies, we're like, no, I'm on a diet now. Uh, nah, it's more so uh, they're mine. <laughs> Nick, Nick, when someone else is eating cookies, you fat fuck. <laughs> Nick, I'm on a diet. Uh. Nah, it's it's good to be back on the podcast airwaves talking about God knows what. But uh, let's start off by discussing Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, for the second straight year, we had six wild card games as we had seven playoff teams from each conference, which meant only the top seed got a buy rather than the top two. The first game of Wild Card Weekend was a 4-5 matchup in the AFC, pitting the Cincinnati Bengals and the Vegas Raiders. The Raiders were unable to overcome a late interception thrown by Derek Carr. He also had a fumble in this one. The Bengals ended up hanging on and surviving 26-19 to behind a big day from Jamar Chase. So, Zach, what were your quick thoughts? I know we were all kind of watching this one on our winter trip. But uh, what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, I mean, quick thoughts is that, you know, they should have handed the ball off to Joe Mixon a couple more times and got me the over on that bet. Uh, or sorry, not Josh, ja- not Josh Jacobs, not uh, Joe Mixon. Yeah. And, yeah, he got screwed by some holding calls and uh, some other bullshit. But, uh, I mean, J- Joey Burr, uh, Joey Burr and, J- and Jamar. What, what more can you say? I mean, they did the better team. They should have won that game, and they did. They went out and took care of business. Yeah, a lot of penalties by the Raiders. Uh, they really stunted a, a, a couple of their drives that they were looking to score on, and they were looking to hand the ball to Josh Jacobs and win you some money, and then they just brought it all back with penalty after penalty. I'm pretty sure uh, their right guard, got uh, penalized for holding like three times in this one. It, it was getting ridiculous. It, it was getting quite ridiculous. Um, Mike, Nick, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, Raiders be Raiders, honestly, in this one. Um, mediocre is what what I thought of them all year. I know uh, – I feel like, feel like every year we have – the same conversation about the Raiders, whether they're, you know, Las Vegas or Oakland. I feel like every year uh, somebody stands them like one of us just stands them for a year. 
Mm. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I know there was <laughs> one year. I remember Zach being like a humongous <laughs> Raiders guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was the year that Derek Carr, uh, Derek Carr died when he was going to be like MVP and all that shit. <laughs> yep. MVP, they were going to win the Super Bowl, and then he, uh, he tore his ACL or whatever the hell happened. But yeah, I mean, they are probably one of the more – like them and Washington are probably like when I think of average. No, they're consistently better than Washington. I mean, yeah, I think they're consistently better than Washington, but I still think they're pretty average. I mean, they make the playoffs a decent amount of times. That's, I, I'd say it's better than average. I mean, but they, they never win any playoff games. They're like Tony Romo. You consider Tony Romo an average quarterback when he played? Uh, so, okay, so that's uh, – I, I see where you're going with this. Because in the broad scheme of things, no, Tony Romo technically was a great quarterback. But in comparison to the, the field of quarterbacks that he went up against, especially in the postseason. Um, so I think that's probably where I'm getting mixed up as far as like postseason teams and postseason quarterbacks. That's what I'm thinking of. The average, All right. I guess. That's fair. All right. So, Mike, with the Raiders being eliminated early on from the playoffs, where do they go from here? Is Derek Carr the guy in Vegas? Should they move on from him? What would what do you think they should do? Uh, I think he he's the right guy for that team. I think he can run a McDaniel's offense well. Um, yeah, they have a good couple good pieces in there with Josh Jacobs and and Ken Yandre coming out of the backfield. Um, Darren Waller, you know, needed to be healthier than he was this year. They they have a decent roster in place on the whole. Uh, just fixing some of the holes on the back end of the defense because their secondary was atrocious. Uh, continuing to beef up the O-line that was great a few years ago and has taken some steps backward, that would go a long way in helping them and, you know, not having a first-round pick who, you know, gets arrested for a DUI murder and a head coach who's a blatant racist. Um, You know, that will also go a long way towards helping them uh, in the future. So in the nightcap for day one of wildcard weekend, (laughs) we saw the Patriots (laughs) – Take on the Buffalo Bills. Listen, hold on, hold on. I we you can't just smooth transition out of that. <laughs> you just skip right over that. We we just gloss over that. Like, listen, listen. I tried, man. I tried. Listen, I'm sorry, but like it had to be said. Like their, their season, their season. You know, it was kind of fitting that it came to an abrupt end because that's how Henry Ruggs' career came to an abrupt end. Wow. Uh, John Gruden's career came to an abrupt end. Uh, oh, sorry, my God. Can, right. Mute right, him. Now oh, now mute him. More, now we can just move on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Pat's got smoked. Yeah, okay. Here we go. On to the next one. Yeah. Now I'm muting him. <laughs> so, uh, the Bills absolutely decimate the Patriots. Josh Allen throws five touchdowns. Defense stifles Mac Jones in the offense, 47-17 blowout win. If you want more reaction on that, check out Foxborough Files. They'll have an upcoming episode recapping their, uh, the Patriots season and the playoff game. So I won't waste any of our time talking about such a horrid loss that we couldn't even bear to watch the entirety of that game. So we will move on. And we won't discuss where the Patriots go from there. That is also nice. Foxborough Files related content. Uh, so we're for the brand here. For the brand. Moving on to day two on Sunday, 
kicked off with yet another one-sided affair as Brady and the Bucks dominated the Philadelphia Eagles for three quarters, going up 31-0, hit the cruise control button, ended up winning 31-15 to kickstart their title defense. So, Nick, anything stand out to you in this one other than the fact that the Eagles aren't ready yet? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. They're just not ready. Um, I mean, we knew when this game, uh, when the matchups were determined that this was going to happen. Uh, and there was really no second guessing it uh, at this point. Even injury ridden Tampa Bay was still much, much stronger team than Philadelphia could have ever been with uh, the players that they have put together for this roster. Plus, Philly had their own bunch of injuries to deal with, uh, not only at this point of the season, but all year long. And Jalen Hurts did as much as he could. Um, actually, I mean, I, there were a lot of points during the year where uh, I kind of forgot how good Jalen Hurts was playing over the course of the season. Um, partially just awesome in fantasy because of he's a running back. Um, but, you know, this this outcome was expected. So, I mean, there's not really too much to say. Um, yeah. But were you surprised by like how thoroughly the Bucks dominated this one? 31, nothing through three quarters. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, the, the Bucks were getting healthy at this point, uh, after being pretty hurt over the whole course of the year, especially their secondary, um, between oh, what's his face. Oh my God. I'm blanking on the name. This is embarrassing. Uh, most um, of their defenders, we'll say. Yeah, I know it's most of their defenders. There's like the lead cornerback. That's, that's who it's um, who's who I'm forgetting. But regardless, um, a lot of their secondary, they were getting back at this time. And I was not surprised at all because, I mean, listen, the Eagles, they didn't pose that big of a threat. Was Quez Watkins going to like go off against them? Like, no, I mean, that's just simply not going to happen. So. Uh, and listen, it's, this is Tom Brady we're talking about. This is the greatest quarterback of all time. So, I mean, it wasn't really a surprise at all watching him carve up that defense and for Tampa Bay to pretty much shut them, uh, shut them out. Now, uh, Zach, there were a lot of interesting questions that came out of this one. And one that kind of puzzled me is uh, whether or not Jalen Hurts is the man of the future at quarterback for the Eagles. I feel like they've got their guy there, but a lot of people don't seem to think that's so certain. Uh, where do you stand on that? Well, if you got him in fantasy, he's the man of the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's a run, he's a running back that also gets passing touchdowns. But as a guy, you want to go win a Super Bowl, He's got no shot. He will never sniff a Super Bowl. Really? Uh, That's a hot take. I don't, I don't think it's that hot. I mean, is it because you just don't see him developing into any sort of passer? Like, yeah. I mean, okay. he, the, pa- the passing is fine. And look, it, if, they, if they can get ahead and he can just run the ball forever, great. But if he has to throw the ball a ton to come back, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not, that's not his game. He, in, that's fine. It, but you play to your strengths, but if, if it's not if it's not working for you, you go up against the best run defense in the league in Tampa. You're gonna have a tough time. It's not like he doesn't have weapons. Get Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman. 
Jalen Rager is a good wide receiver. You got Boston Scott, um, that other trash can running back who's not good. Um, Gainwell and Dallas and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. So it's not like he didn't have weapons, and he just he never found Devonta Smith early in the game. He didn't get a catch till like the fourth quarter, I think. Um, uh, they're not going to move on from him now because this is not really a better option. But I don't think he ever wins the Super Bowl, so Eagles are just stuck with him for now. I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know what kind of passer he can develop into, but if we're going based on how he looked in that playoff game, yeah, you're not entirely uh, far-fetched in saying that he'll never be able to win a Super Bowl because, quite honestly, he looked like a, a chicken with its head cut off on the field with some of those throws, just tossing up ducks and praying his guy would get them. And they just turn into interceptions left and right. Uh, That's, that's not what you want to see from the guy that you think is the guy at quarterback for your future. Um, But I won't say that he can't learn and grow from it and come back and bounce back, but yeah, you definitely need to see it before you believe it. Uh, Then In the second of three games on that Sunday, the 49ers took on the Dallas Cowboys. And wouldn't you know it, in classic Cowboys fashion, they blow a playoff game. The 49ers jumped to an early lead in this one uh, behind a strong rushing attack. I think they ran for 150 yards on the ground. Uh, Dak tried to bring them back late, uh, but in what I will just describe as just pure chaos and bedlam at the end there and just just absolute stupidity on the part of the Dallas offensive play calling. Uh, they blew their chance to throw a last-ditch half-ass Hail Mary, and so they lost 23-17. to 17. Uh, So, Mike, let me start you on this one. What the hell happened at the end of this game, and what do you take from it, if anything? Well, um, you know, I was going to do my uh, Stephen A. impression of giggling and then making fun of the how about them Cowboys thing, but I feel like I've already used my one mulligan for the night on that first football game. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll keep it pretty straightforward here. How um, about the them Cowboys? Cowboys? Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I, I think the Cowboys just Cowboys themselves. Um, just just everything we've seen over the years with them blowing it in big games. They they got cocky and thought, all right, we got 14 seconds. We we can go down there and we can run a, a QB draw, get the ball back up at the line of scrimmage, and then have a 30-yard throw instead of a 50-yard throw. And it, it didn't work. They they blew all their timeouts too early. They they didn't have enough time to run a second play, and, and and their strategy bit them in the ass. And people will point out, oh, the ref got in the way. Well, if you had managed the clock better, the ref wouldn't have been in the way. And if you had done what you were supposed to do and just thrown a Hail Mary, that wouldn't have been an issue. So they kind of just shot themselves in the foot there. Um, Zeke is still a fat bust and you know, that, that doesn't help. Uh, I, yeah, Tony Pollard, yeah better. Tony Pollard is better. Um, CD lamb kind of, kind of was non-existent in this game. And I think that that was the biggest sex factor there. I, from what I can remember, he did not do much for them at all. And for a guy who's supposed to be the future wide receiver for them, that's a massive disappointment. Um, and shout out to Debo Samuel, who's just a freaking monster. That guy does not go down for anyone. He he is just he's probably the hardest wide receiver slash running back slash weapon to tackle in the entire league. So uh 
you know, good good for him for developing into this. Um, shout out to Belichick for missing on that guy, uh, thirty two. Akil, uh, um, good win for the Niners and LOL Cowboys. Yeah, that one was tough. Super tough to watch. Like, uh, just the audacity with no timeouts and fourteen seconds left to think that you can pull off a like a twenty yard QB draw. And, and think that not, it'll go perfectly fine. Like that just, that's mind boggling to me. Like what, like you didn't even need the full 20 yards. You just needed like another 10 to 15. Like, why are you trying to get as, why? I, I don't, I don't understand anything about that last play of the game other than that's just Cowboys being Cowboys. Uh, Nick, what, what in the world can Dallas do to fix these playoff lows? Is it, is it coaching? Is it bringing in different ta- more talent? Like they already have a, a boatload of talent. Like what, what more yeah, can no. Dallas do? It's not the talent. Uh, I, I mean, they have a talented um, or they have talent at pretty much uh, all the core positions on their roster, especially with how well Trayvon Diggs played for them on what was kind of a, a hurt in secondary for the past prior seasons, but um, no, listen, the, the keys for them to actually make a run are a, to stay healthy uh, because with, without especially Dak being healthy, as we saw when he went down two years ago, uh, they were a shell of themselves. But uh, aside from that, it, it just comes down to execution. So, I mean, I guess you can boil that down to coaching in a sense, uh, which would totally be fair. But I really think that at the same time, it's it's just the execution uh, from, I would say, an offensive standpoint. Because uh, they really dropped the ball a lot of times and not making p- plays and not making um, big plays on third downs in this game. Uh, so at the end of the day, it really is just that execution. Um, so like I said, I, I don't think Mike McCarthy's the issue. I mean, he's definitely not the solution I, I i feel like he's you know i think he got over gratified given that he was able to coach one of the best quarterbacks in the league or even one of the best quarterbacks of all time and rogers in green bay for so long but um and now he's in a situation where yeah he's got a very talented team again but uh this is a franchise that has just been riddled in blowing opportunity after opportunity with uh, the talent that they have uh, acquired over all the years. So um, yeah, I, I think, I think even early on in his Cowboys tenure, uh, Mike McCarthy's ass could be in the jackpot, you know, so we'll have to wait and see what happens next year. But um, I think execution, just making big plays when you need them. That's, that's their biggest issue. I'd say. Hmm. In the nightcap of day two, you had Pittsburgh traveling back to Kansas City for a rematch. The two teams uh, had played once before in the regular season, and Pittsburgh got annihilated. Early on, defensive struggle, 0-0 halfway through the second. Pittsburgh actually got on the board first with a scooping score from TJ Watt, but that was about all she wrote. Kansas City woke up. Scored 20, I think it was, what, five straight touchdowns? Maybe three straight? Somewhere around there. Put the game completely out of reach. Mahomes finished with 400 yards, five touchdowns, in a 
to 21 win. Uh, Zach, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you in this game or was this just uh, KC being KC and Big Ben just tail end of his career didn't have anything left in the tank? Uh, yeah, this, this game was, this game was a throwaway, much like the, uh, the Bucks Eagles. I mean, the funniest, the best thing happened from this game is the guy from Barstool who thought he bet on TJ Watt to score the first touchdown. And he, uh, and he started freaking out, but then he realized he bet on Derek Watt. Better's uh, <laughs> remorse. So he was freaking out. Thought he won a shit ton of money betting on defensive players to score the first touchdown. And then he got fucked. But other than that, I mean, the Chiefs were just or head and shoulders above what the Steelers were. Uh, Big Ben, nice swan song. See you later. But this was not not a competitive matchup. No, it it wasn't. It it looked like maybe it might for a little over a quarter, but the entire time Pittsburgh offense was doing absolutely nothing. Kansas City was getting close and then just coming up short on drives. They were moving the ball. They just couldn't get points. And uh, as soon as they found Pater, that the, the floodgates opened. And yeah. this one was over in no time. Uh, Mike, looking at Pittsburgh now, we obviously know Big Ben has retired. He's done. No more walking boots. But where does this leave the Steelers? going into next year like should they just go into full rebuild mode or can they find do you think they are just a quarterback away from being right back into the thick and thin of a playoff hunt maybe even contending i think if you look at the Steelers, they have a roster that's built very similar to a team on the west coast that just made it to the nfc championship game in san francisco and that team in san francisco is looking to trade a particular overrated quarterback who happens to find his way into big games and um, every other season. So um, I, I think it would be wise for the Steelers to possibly invest in a trade for uh, Jimmy Gucci Garoppolo because they have all the weapons in place on offense. They have a decent O-line. They have a great defense and they're in a tough division, but you know, the Browns are probably taking a step backward and Baker's kind of a bum. And, you know, the Ravens kind of showed, their mortality this year and they had a ton of injuries so they could be looking at a reset so you know the Steelers realistically could be a QB away from from getting back into the postseason next year I, I think it would be wise for them to go out and and maybe look into Garoppolo or if they want to really shoot for the moon gauge what Aaron Rodgers interest would be in putting on a Steelers jersey because I I think his career in Green Bay is well I'll get into Rodgers more when when we talk about the Packers shortly but um Possibly looking into either of those two quarterbacks. Other, other than that, um, if they want to buy Deontay Johnson a pair of hands, that's that's about the only other thing I could <laughs> really say they could do at Sheesh. this point. Uh, yeah, that's my guy. That's that's a lot of our guys. We some of us were a year too early on him, but uh, Andy, that uh, he's got to figure out the whole dropsy thing. He's he's got hands that make you think he's the quad uh the quad treadwell but he's got the <laughs> route running in actual talent that makes him look like he could be an all pro yeah pro Quan treadwell is nasty what are you talking about he's a stud in jacksonville jaguars now kind of was nice with it last couple weeks of the season ah let's 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 i'm just saying, I'm saying he was good. Uh, you're just a hater ryan you I are yes. kind of a hater yes I'm, a hater. I'm a hater lightly a hater a little bit of a hater hater's gonna hate 
In the Monday night game to cap off Super Wildcard Weekend, you had Rams and Cardinals. And unfortunately, we got another stinker of a game because the Rams completely shut down the potent Cardinals offense. They held them to a meager 183 yards of total offense. L.A. easily advanced 34-11. to Nick, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, um, we definitely expected more from Arizona, and they just came out so flat in this one. Truthfully, I didn't even get to see most of this game, but um, real disappointing um, playoff debut for Kyler Murray, right? I, I think that's yep. it was his first playoff yep. game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. They really just they really dropped the ball. Them and Dallas were both, uh, I don't want to say like favorites, but I mean, the way Arizona had played at one point, they were uh, first place in the NFL for a good period of time and they were clicking on all cylinders. And then, you know, they started falling off towards the end of the year. And, uh, you know, we were wondering, would they put it back together once the playoffs came around? They just, they just got worse. And that's what happened with that steaming pile of dog shit that they put out in that first round. <laughs> Uh, they are no match for our uh, our future Super Bowl uh, NFC team. Yep. Uh, now, Zach, looking at how the Cardinals finished their season, it was almost like a tale of two seasons for them. They had the incredible 8-0 start, and then they just completely fell off and finished 3-7, uh, and seven, including the playoff loss. Uh, were the playoffs too big of a stage here for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Was the back end of the season more so of what we might see in the future? Like, what? Where? Where does Arizona go from here? What do they look like? Uh, I don't. I don't think the stage was too big. Um, I mean, they started out hot. Kyler got hurt. Um, they had the backup come in. And he won a couple games, and Kyler was. He didn't really look healthy for the back half of the season. Um, at least. And then down the stretch, he started getting healthier, started running a little more. Uh, the middle of the season, he wasn't running at all because I think he was scared of getting hurt again. Um, but that's a big part of his game is running the ball and opening shit up uh, on scramble plays and whatnot. Uh, but D-Hop not being there really hurt a lot. I mean, A.J. Green's not a number one wide receiver anymore. He's just not. Um, but they got Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, you know, James Conner's touchdown machine. Um, they got a lot of pieces there. Their, their defense is, was good at the beginning of the season then fell off, sort of like the Pats. So Kyler getting healthy next year, more healthy next year, and D-Hop getting healthy. I just worry about Kyler staying healthy through an entire season. Uh, he hasn't played through an entire season his whole career. So hmm. he there was concerns about him being too small coming out so far. When he's out there, he's as dynamic as they come. Can he stay out there all the time? I don't know. Yeah, remains to be seen. All right, real quick, let's get uh, one big thing from everyone that uh, that stood out to us from the wild card round. So, Mike, why don't you lead us off? What's one big takeaway you had from the wild card round? I'm going to give you one that has nothing to do with any individual game itself, just super wild card weekend as a whole. Yep. Adding two extra games makes that weekend so much better. I love having the game on Monday night. I love having uh, the extra game on Sunday. I think it's fantastic to have 
an extra wildcard team in, even if the quality of games goes down a little bit and the seven seeds don't do much. I think it's just a better product. I, I think it makes for a more fulfilling weekend. And overall, I'm very happy that they made that decision. I, I've been a big fan of the seven game idea for a long time. And, and I think it's something that, you know, one of these years, one of the seven seeds will pan out. It, it won't happen all the time, obviously, but overall, I, I like having those two extra games on wildcard weekend. Mm. Nick? Yeah, I think uh, especially in the NFC, at least, the one thing I noticed is that experience uh, in the playoffs you know, uh, showed up to be uh, kind of an important deal. I mean, we just talked about <laughs> Kyler in his first playoff game, but um, even Dallas, uh, they while they make the playoffs, they have no experience ever having excess, success in the playoffs, whereas the 49ers, uh, a lot of players in this team, I think we're probably still there when they made that Super Bowl run and lost to the Chiefs uh, a couple years back. So um, that those those teams that have the playoff experience, I think, uh, and I have to I have to say in the NFC because we know who made it in the AFC, so it doesn't really fit that same picture over in that conference. But um, yeah, playoff experience comes up big time for teams at this time of the year. Zach, what about you? Uh, just a uh, super wild card weekend sucked. <laughs> just, just like, like, even the game, the, the one game that was the 49ers Cowboys, that was like the only game that like came down to the wire and was like interesting. Um, the rest of them was just boring and just not competitive games, but them all sucking pretty much set up for the greatest weekend of playoff football ever. Mm, and we will get to that here in just a second. Uh, my one big thing here uh, is in pertains to the Cardinals. I really think that these guys are a year or two away from being a true contender. Uh, I think you saw that they just weren't ready for the moment this year. The injuries piled up. They weren't in a rhythm going into the playoffs whatsoever down the stretch. And they were asking a lot out of guys that they weren't. Uh, in the beginning of the season um, that should pay off down, down the road. Uh, but you, you're going to, you're not going to have AJ green in a year or two. He'll, he'll be elsewhere or retired most likely. Um, so you're going to need guys like Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk to develop into number two, number three options behind Deandre Hopkins. And you need Hopkins to be healthy and out there. Uh, so I think there are, I think the Cardinals are going to be, championship contenders sooner than later but i think they're still a year or two away and i think that the tail end of the regular season in that pitiful playoff performance showed just that moving on to the divisional round uh we got both of the one seeds playing on saturday and we kicked things off with the titans hosting the Bengals, and this one uh, as we will see uh, as a theme throughout the course of the divisional round uh, was quite dramatic late game. And it featured Ryan Tannehill throwing a late pick his third of the day to set up the Bengals in prime field position to go down drive and set up a game winning field goal at the buzzer. Despite the Bengals allowing Joe Burrow to be sacked 
nine times. Nine times. And they won the game. What? Somebody, Nick, t- tell me, how the hell does that happen? Uh, one, carefully. Shout out, Mike. Two, um, <laughs> listen, you, you're, when your O-line just flat out sucks, that's, that's just going to happen. Uh, I mean, it's really, really not much else to say. And also, I mean, again, no adjustments were made. But, I mean, you could argue with the offensive line that uh, Joseph Burrow has uh, that there was nothing they could do. There are no adjustments that the coaches, uh, the coaches staff could make um, to, like, stop this onslaught <laughs> on him. But, I mean, as we saw the game after this, they kind of did. So, uh, now looking back on it at this point, it was like, well, eh, maybe they should have, you know, Done whatever they did in the next game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that nine times is pretty egregious. But I I just think the most amazing thing is the fact that they were still able to win a game uh, playing so awfully to protect their star young quarterback. Um, And shout out my guy, Evan McPherson. Uh, I'll be really sucking him off later in a a future pod. So uh, stay tuned with that. Uh, But yeah, real gritty win for the Bengals and that, I mean, it was a type of win that uh, teams of destiny uh, have on a a great run. Now, Mike, looking at the Titans, like obviously Ryan Tannehill, just, he's just not the dude. Like, am I crazy to think that the Titans are a Super Bowl contender, but they're just a quarterback away from being so? Yes, you are crazy for thinking that. Um, they have they they have a very good offense, and Ryan Tannehill is obviously holding them back. But that defense is not good; it really isn't. They have one of the worst passing defenses in the entire league. Like they they cannot. There's a reason that um, Burrow was able to get sacked nine times and still throw for what 365 yards. Was that the number that he threw for? It was, it was something egregious. Because I remember your text. Yeah, was, it, was it, was, like, it was up there. I think he threw for 384. Is that what you said? It, uh, three, I said 365, but 384 sounds right with the overtime stuff too. But like, you know how, how bad you have to be as a passing defense to sack a guy nine times and still manage to give up almost 400 yards passing in a postseason game? Like they had Derrick Henry healthy for the first time all in like half a season. They had Julio playing. They had AJ Brown out there. There were they got to Joe Burrow more than anyone had basically the entire year. There were no excuses to lose that game, and they lost that game. Like that's just a sign that you're you're never gonna have it. Like I'm sorry, but something more needs to change than just Ryan Tannehill. I think obviously an Aaron Rodgers sized upgrade would help them but I think they need more than just Aaron Rodgers to ascent to Super Bowl contender. I, I, I think they're kind of frauds. Yeah, Burrow finished with uh, 348 passing yards in that game. Uh, but it, it, it just – I mean, they, even with all that passing yards, the Bengals only put up 19, and they got three of it on the last play of the game at the buzzer. So, I mean – I feel like the Tennessee defense, yes, the secondary failed them, 
in terms of not being able to keep up with guys enough to they they couldn't make the plays when it mattered the most. I think they dropped a pick uh, late in the game that could have been huge. Uh, but they they get the nine sacks. They get pressure on the quarterback all day. Burrow is just running around, uh, just trying to make things happen. And a lot of the times he did when he was able to get the ball out of his hands, he was able to make things happen. And so I think if you're looking at Tennessee, you maybe you just need to tighten things up in the secondary. Other than that, like, I think that there's a front seven there that you can build upon. And it's clear that if the quarterback situation, if you want to call it that can be addressed, you've got two quality guys in a a two headed beast, if you will, between King Henry and Deonta Foreman, those guys were eating uh, in the 50, 50 timeshare in that playoff game. And both had over 60 yards, I believe. Uh, so they were doing just fine, very efficient. AJ Brown dominated with five catches for 142 yards and a touchdown. Like y- you have what you in, you have enough talent there. I mean, hell, even Julio made some plays late in the game. Um, but I-, I think they're, while you could tighten things up on defense, Mike, I think you're, I think, I really think they're, they're more so a quarterback away like a real difference maker quarterback away from than a game manager from getting to where they need to be. Yeah. But how, who is that difference maker? Like besides. Oh, I, like, <laughs> like, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know how you get that. Yeah. I don't know if you, you're, you're not going to get that in the draft this year. I can tell yeah. you that much. And unless you're, like you said, you're able to swing Aaron Rodgers or something crazy like Russell Wilson, I'm not sure if you have that available to you, but something's got to change because Tannehill isn't the answer to me. And if anything, he's more of a crutch than the answer. Yeah, that I would agree with. All right. Moving on to the nightcap of divisional round night one. Uh, We had another defensive struggle, this time at Lambeau as Green Bay hosted San Francisco. This one was... Definitely affected by the elements as snow was de- and freezing cold temperatures played a part. Uh, <clears throat> and this one actually saw a special teams blunder get the 49ers back into the game uh, and allow Jimmy G after he, I think he threw a late pick in this one, but he bounced back and actually got them back in the field goal range to set up a game winning kick for Robbie Gold. So, uh, Zach, talking Packers and 49ers here, uh, another back-to-back games to start divisional round where walk-off field goal. What were your initial thoughts on this one? Uh, just pure joy, uh, <laughs> for being honest. Uh, fuck, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So happy to see him, see that guy lose. Uh, he's just an asshole, and it works out that he lost to fucking Jimmy G. Are you kidding me? So, an absolute masterclass by Shanahan just shutting down Aaron Rodgers. They scored in like the first possession of the game, I think. Didn't get another touchdown the, the rest of the time. Um, but 
they just Green Bay just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. They have Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and then they have Aaron Jones too. Those guys caught all the passes but two. But Aaron Rodgers can only do so much. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you've thrown away most of his career. They won. He's won one Super Bowl. That's embarrassing. Yeah, they they've had him and Rodgers back to back, two top ten quarterbacks all time, and they've won two Super Bowls yeah. in the past what twenty five years that they yeah. had those two guys back to back. That's just absolutely miserable. They should sell the franchise back to the. I don't know. It, it's. It's ridiculous at this point. Franchise back, from the people back from to the one people person. back to the people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, between Favre and and Rogers, it's incredible that they've only mustered two Super Bowl victories between two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That that is absolutely crazy uh, to believe. Uh, but Nick, looking at Green Bay, uh, another uh, early playoff exit and another home loss in the playoffs. And with all the questions surrounding Aaron Rodgers, what the hell does Green Bay do from here? Is it is it just all out, got to bring back Rodgers and Adams and run it back, maybe address things in the draft? Or do they let Rodgers go, try and get draft compensation for Adams with a tender or something? And uh, no, I, I mean, listen, um, I, I – I think if you if they have a chance to bring Rodgers back, they have to. Uh, there's, I don't think you can justify uh, letting a quarterback of Rodgers' caliber go in favor of a rebuild. I know that they consistently come up short in this time of the year, but at the same time, I mean, they 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 just had an outstanding season like before the playoffs and you can't really like when you're thinking about it in from an off season perspective, you can't just, you know, gloss over that fact. And so whatever adjustments you need to make, whether it might be, you know, bringing in a number two wide receiver, uh, the problem that they're going to have with bringing anybody in is because they're screwed in calf space. I think only New Orleans is in a worse situation um, as far as money. So I don't know how they would do it. Um, but like Zach said, um, and it's like uh, we saw when uh, in the FBL, when you throw to Mergawis 300 times, uh, <laughs> it only goes so far. So it's, just, it's, it's the same way with Devontae. And I don't know, Aaron Jones sometimes just – doesn't do it for me uh, it feels like a weird take but like sometimes it feels like he's like on I, sometimes it also feels like he's just not it, it, like it, he's, he, he's a ghost he's just not it he's he disappears from the game wait now um, now hold on hold on nick before you go any further now i have an important question based on that now now if if merguis was was Devonte adams and zach was aaron Rodgers, does that make me aaron jones <laughs> I this mean, is the important stuff we need to we need to establish here. Technically, uh, sure. Or, or was I more of an AJ Dillon type? Well, I, I think when he was referring to FBL, he was talking about 
not flag football league. That doesn't put my narrative to heck. Nick, okay, please answer the question. It's okay. Yeah, so I think when I was talking about that, I was talking about the FBL, not our flag football league. All right, well, thanks for answering, Nick. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. But, yeah, uh, I, I do think Green Bay is uh, <laughs> thinking they should probably bring back Rodgers at all costs because I don't think uh, Jordan Love is quite ready yet. Just just my humble opinion. Um, well, well, Ryan, un- un- unfortunately, the Packers may not have a choice because it looks like uh, the Packers and Rodgers are on paths that are divergent. Yes, uh, it does appear to be that way. Should be an interesting offseason. Uh, day two of the divisional round kicked off with Rams traveling to the Bucks. The L.A. Rams go up 27 to three in this one. 27 to three. Did anyone think that this game was over? I. I, I kind of did too. Not going to lie. But Tom Brady, with a little help, and by little I mean a lot, a lot of, of help from the LA Rams offense in terms of getting the fumble rooskies. Uh, Brady leads the Bucks back from a 24 point deficit. Ties the game with 43 seconds left. And all the Bucks defense had to do was hang on for 40 seconds. They didn't do that. They let Stafford connect on a deep bomb to Cooper Cup. Puts him squarely in easy, comfortable field goal range. And we get another walk-off win. This time, Matt Gay hits the game winner to send the Rams into the NFC championship game. Mike, watching this one, like, what, what kind of roller coaster was this to, to watch? This was, this was wild. I, I mean, the, the Bucks looked down for the count, and then the Rams were like, we're going to do everything possible to hand you this game. <laughs> and they quite literally did everything they possibly could to hand them the game until the 42-second mark. And then the Bucks decided to take one out of the Jets' playbook and say, oh, they need to throw the ball down the field. We will simply not defend down the field and let you have the game back. And they did that. It was like both teams said, we don't want to win. We don't want to play any more football this year. I, I, I couldn't make sense. It was like, we are both scared of the 49ers for some reason. They saw it and they were like, oh, we don't want to play them, even though, as we'll go on to talk about the next result, the winner of this would end up winning that. But it, it, it was just really funny to, to watch the whole back and forth and then made for a wildly entertaining game. And the third straight game this weekend that, that ended in a game-winning field goal as time expired. It was it was pure bedlam. Like I've never seen two opposing sides just not want to go play for a conference championship. The LA Rams offense with four fumbles, uh, three, two or three of which were in the fourth quarter, just completely inexcusable. And it's almost like they just did not want to play football anymore, like he said. And then you've got the Bucks defense that said wait, we, we might have to play another game. Nah, nah, here, just, just throw it over the middle, kick your field goal. We're done. And it's just like, how, how, how is it? Boy, it's obviously not that simple, but it's just like, how, how do you, how do the 
how does the game unfold like that? It was, it was just absolute anarchy to watch. Uh, and it provided for even more drama from a way in which I did not think was possible. So that's how that one went out. But this also begs the question, Zach, and this is going to be a two-parter for you because obviously we know now Tom Brady has officially retired and we'll, we'll talk more about that towards the end. Uh, but did, did you think that that was it for Tom when all, when it was all zeros across the scoreboard and are the bucks in trouble now? Okay. So no, I, I honestly didn't, didn't see Brady retiring. Um, he, it's either him or Rogers for the MVP this year. Uh, I just didn't see him uh, hanging it up. But at the same time, people have been calling for the cliff forever, and now he can just say the cliff never came. Mm. Uh, and fuck you, Max Kellerman, and all your other <laughs> assholes. Uh, I went out as uh, as good as anybody in the league. So good for him. Called it a career. But yes, the Bucks are now in massive trouble. They are headed straight back to mediocrity. <laughs> um, they won't be a playoff team next year. Godwin's going to be gone. Gronk's going to retire too shortly. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. So they're left with Mike Evans and then Lenny playoff Lenny uh, and Kyle Trask is their quarterback. Uh, as much <laughs> as I like Kyle Trask, <laughs> uh, they are straight headed straight back for top 10 pick land where they'll be till Brady comes out of retirement in three years. <laughs> oh my God. Brady coming out of retirement. Uh, if, if that, would love that for the dynasty. If he would, he would. It, hell will have frozen over if if he gets the if he gets a because then Gronk has to unretire for a second time, and then it's just exactly. going to be like, how many times are we going to do this song and dance? <laughs> He's going to come back like Jordan, just like fax the Buccaneers, like a thing, just says I'm, I'm back. back, and and then like. <laughs> At like age forty nine, like win his eighth Super Bowl. God. And then in the final game of the divisional round, we get a rematch from the previous year's AFC Championship game in Arrowhead again between the Bills and the Chiefs. These two teams absolutely battled back and forth in an instant classic. There's no other way to say it. It saw. 25 points scored in the final minute 54 of regulation, (laughs) which every time I I look at that, I'm just like, how does that even happen? And then carefully, of course it's carefully. Thank you. It's always, always carefully. It's always carefully. Why do I even bother? But this game, unfortunately brought up the ugliness. That is the NFL overtime rules because Seemingly, you can make the argument that a coin toss decided the outcome of overtime. Chiefs win. They get the ball. They march down. They score a touchdown. Josh Allen never sees the ball in overtime, which just seems criminal given the way that game ended. So with that being said, Nick, was this 
I mean, this had to be the game of not only the weekend, but of the playoffs, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't have to. There's not too much of a debate here. I uh, can't think of any other game off the top of my head that would top this. I mean, we've had great games all year long, obviously, but this definitely takes a cake. I mean, the back and forth nonsense in that final two minutes uh, was something that uh, I don't think uh, these guys have ever seen now that like you know thinking uh thinking about it um a little more in depth but um definitely agree the whole overtime thing it's uh it's it's really stupid i don't know how long they're gonna wait to make adjustments to overtime i know they already did um they made adjustments to the whole you know field goal thing way back when but um I think at some point they're going to get pressured into changing it to something similar to college uh, rules. They probably won't ever go full fledged college overtime rules, but some sort of uh, some sort of variation of it um, that gives both teams a chance um, to, you know, if one team scores a touchdown, the other has a chance to score a touchdown or, so, or something like that. But I, I think a simple solution is just, you know, make it college rules, but who knows? Um, but yeah, this game was fantastic. Josh Allen played out of his mind. He played near perfect. Um, and I think he even outplayed uh, Mr. Mahomes in this one. And it's a shame that um, he didn't really get the chance to uh, continue this run. The bills were on fire at this point and they just, you know, they ran into him the hotter team i guess uh, i don't i don't know because i don't really know if i believe that they were a hotter team it's just it, i think it's just unfortunate the way that it turned out the defense for both teams they just went right out the window in this one um it was like somebody was playing madden on rookie mode um but as whoever scores last is gonna win That's a couple things couple things to pick there. Zach and Mike, do you guys agree with Nick that it should be changed to college overtime rules or should it be something more to where he was saying, like maybe they should do more of a hybrid? Uh, I, I love the college overtime. I'm all in for that. Mike? I like it for college. I don't think it would work as well in the NFL. There's a lot more talent there. And I think it's a lot easier for offenses to – to produce points in the red zone of the NFL than it is in college. I think there's a lot more mistake prone QBs and lesser athletes, the wide receiver position. I, 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 I like it in theory, but I don't think it would work as well in practice. I, I think they should move more to a full overtime period and whoever's winning at the end of the overtime period is um, the winner of the game. I really think the only thing they need to change is get rid of the fact where if the first team scores a touchdown, they automatically win. I think you just say whoever gets the ball first gets a possession to do whatever. The other team gets a possession to do whatever. If they match each other, next score wins. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with just dumbing it down to that. I'm also not opposed to the college format. Um, I do think you would kind of have to back up the drives. I don't know how I feel about just saying, ah, start at the 25 and go from there every single time at the pro level. I'm, I'm kind of with you there a little bit, Mike. Um, you probably have to back up to like the 40 that way the defense feels like they actually have a chance. Um, and they're not automatically in field goal range too necessarily. They actually would have to work a little bit on offense. Um, but yeah, I, I think 
something has to change because that game is not how that is not the way that game should have ended. And now, uh, Mike, where, where you look at Buffalo, what, what do they need to do to, to get over the hump that is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs in the playoffs? Because that seems to be the only thing that's stopping them from getting to the super bowl is Mahomes and the chiefs in Arrowhead. Well, I think the the loss of Trey White was certainly a major factor down the stretch for them. I think having him in this game would have negated a little bit of Kansas City's passing attack and, and certainly would have helped the Bills get over the top. I really think they need to invest in the running back position. Using Josh Allen like a running back forever isn't going to work. It's going to Cam Newton him. It's going to shorten his career. It, it, it'll have massive negative effects on him. And, and I think having a legitimate running game will open up their offense more. Um, other than those two things, I really don't know. I mean, they had all the pieces there this year other than White. They're well coached. They they have great coordinators on both sides of the ball, even though Dabble just left for New York. They're, they're just a really solid team that it, it just seems like, I, I don't know, maybe just winning the coin toss. I think that's the only difference. It was whoever won that coin toss was going to win the game. So better luck next time i guess i i, I, I don't know <laughs> oh rats <laughs> get them next time champ i mean i don't know what else to say you know uh that's that's tough uh all right real quick let's go through round table one big thing from the divisional round uh mine and zach has already said it actually so i'll get mine out of the way but uh, this may have been the best weekend of play at football ever. And I'm as the more we talk about it, the more I st- kind of think that it definitely was, I'm just trying not to be a prisoner of the moment, but I, I just, how can you say, how can you say that find me a, another weekend where every single play ended on the, every single game was determined on the last play of the game. Like that's, that's four for four on that. That's a Wendy's right there. So I, I don't, I have a tough time finding another weekend that can match it off the top of my head, at least. Uh, Nick, anything, one big thing from the divisional round? Uh, yeah, I, I would say kicking uh, field goals, uh, like especially at the end of the games came up to be, or uh, turned out to be deciding factors we saw on all the ending of these games. Um, you know, I feel like every once in a while we see some chatter about like getting rid of kicking in football. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't disagree with that more. I understand why people say that because um, they, you know, they want the game to be determined in the hands of like the actual like game of football. But like kicking's been a part of football like forever, so I, I don't like that. I feel like that's like a Skip Bayless thing to do is like to complain about kickers being like such a big part of like the end of games or whatnot. But I, I love, you know, being at the edge of the, my seat, watching them set up for a, a game winning field goal and to see what happens. Um, so I, I, I personally love it, but it, it, my point being with this, having a kicker, as clutch as somebody like my boy, Evan McPherson's been this playoffs. Um, 
can can make or break uh, a playoff run. And we've seen it happen with the Patriots with Adam Vinatieri uh, back in the day. So um, kicking, having a, a, a clutch kicker on your team, uh, somebody you can rely on, not something to overlook when you're talking about uh, contributions and X factors to your roster. Mm. Zach, give me one big thing to take away from the divisional round. Aaron Rodgers is a fraud. Absolute fraud. Not in the GOAT conversation. <laughs> Can't be. Most, probably the most talented quarterback to ever play, but not even close in the GOAT conversation. Mm-hmm. And he's not even close, and, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a shame. It's, it's almost a tragedy. It almost feels like a Greek tragedy that, that the likes of him and Favre could only muster one championship with all the talent they had. It's a shame. Mike. Well, you know, growing up, um, we had a massive QB rivalry in the AFC with Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning. And what I took away from this weekend is that rivalry is back in the form of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. They are the two best quarterbacks in the league by a particularly sizable margin. They put up entertaining games every time they step on the field. And they are just dominant forces of nature that defenses have no answer for. And honestly, it just comes down to which one of them gets the ball last. That They're going to dominate the headlines of the sport for the next 10 years. They're going to be, you know, as long as Allen isn't running to the ground like Cam Newton was. Um, they're going to be the faces of this league for a long time to come. And they're going to have plenty more playoff matchups that, that are must watch TV. Fair. I think uh, if a certain Joey B ends up winning the Super Bowl, you might have to throw him in the conversation and, and call it a three person dance at the top of the AFC. I'm not going to try and jump the gun there, but I mean, if he's, if he wins it all, He's got as many Super Bowls as Mahomes. Already won yeah. one before Allen. Yeah, I mean, Big Big Ben was was hanging around, you know, and at the same time as Brady and Manning. So you know, yep. that there was there was that third guy there. Mm -hmm. All right, and let's move on to the conference championships. So in the AFC Championship game, we saw the Chiefs host the Bengals. Chiefs get out to a twenty-one-three lead in this one but they blow it. The Bengals come back. They score uh, 21 straight. The Chiefs end up kicking a field goal at the buzzer to force overtime, but they're unable to replicate that OT magic again as Mahomes throws his second pick of the day that allows the Bengals to put Evan McPherson in position to hit another game-winning field goal. And this one sends Cincinnati to the, their first Super Bowl since 1989. Zach, give me your thoughts on this one. Go Gators. Evan McPherson is an absolute stud. Coach is so right. Kicking is the best thing ever. <laughs> and this one, though, yep. I mean, you get the ball first. You don't, you don't win. They don't win right away. Uh, then Mahomes chokes it. Thank God. Fuck him, too. Um, and Joey Burr going to Super Bowl, Love it. Yeah, this one is an interesting one because 
you know, it, this game is like, oh, so if the defense actually makes a play, then maybe we don't need to change the OT rules. So yeah. it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it, you, you've got two examples from the chiefs, this in a single off uh, single playoff run where you can see why you would want the OT rules to be changed. But then you, on the other hand, you can see why they might be just fine the way they are. So, uh, very interesting to say the least. Uh, Nick, looking at where Casey goes from here, I, I really don't think there's a whole lot to say other than this is just – it's just status quo for the the Chiefs. But I think if there is anything to be said, it's that uh, the people that want to jump the gun on Kansas City being the next dynasty, quote-unquote, uh, are going to have to put those plans on hold for at least another – year or two uh what what do you what do you any thoughts on kansas city no i mean uh they just fell slightly short in a in a big game that would have gone back to the super bowl listen they were bound to be or about to be back to back to back super bowl bound so i i'm not um if i'm a kansas city fan from kansas city the organization i'm not i'm not stressing really at all they've got um pretty much all all that they need um i mean obviously you you can always get better but i mean they have a championship caliber team um put together right now so it's not like they really need to do anything else except go out there and just fucking win um that's that's really it i don't think they're in danger of losing any big players on their team to free agency this year um i don't know what they're exact cap situation looks like but i mean i think come next year we're going to see the same if not a uh, similar enough version of this team come around and uh probably have success again to find the way to the playoffs and find themselves in a position to make another run yep couldn't agree with you more there in the nfc uh you had rams taking on the 49ers in a trilogy matchup the 49ers took both the matchups in the regular season. So uh, Rams were looking to not get completely swept in this one. Uh, they didn't get off to a good start as the 49ers jumped up 10 on early on in the game. That kind of held for quite a bit uh, in, into the fourth quarter, actually. But Stafford and the Rams ended up coming back from this one. They got a late interception to seal the game off of Jimmy G and a field goal under two minutes to go by Matt Gay, put the Rams over the top and sent them back to the Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl, which will be played in their home backyard. So Rams don't even have to travel. And for the second straight year, the host team of the Super Bowl is playing in the game. Mike, what were your thoughts on this NFC championship game? Well, you know, Ryan, there are three guarantees in life. Death, Death taxes, taxes, and Kyle Shanahan. Nope, and Kyle Shanahan <laughs> blowing double-digit leads in big games. This is the third time he's managed to pull this crap in, what is it, the last five years? Yep. I think first it was the Falcon Super Bowl where he was the OC of the 28-3 to team. Then it was the Niners Super Bowl where he, they were up 10 on the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. And now in the NFC Championship game, 
he has a 17 to seven lead to the Rams and he manages to blow that too. It's getting to be a bit ridiculous at this point, how little of a clutch gene this guy has as a head coach. And it's not like he didn't have help. McVay managed to burn two of his timeouts in the third quarter on one of the worst postseason challenges I've ever seen in an unnecessary timeout based on like, I think it was crowd noise that prevented them from getting a snap off in time. Yep. So Sean McVay was trying to under out coach Kyle Shanahan and it still didn't work. Kyle Shanahan finds ways to lose you football games. I love the way he runs offenses. I think it's great to establish the run game. And I think he sets up great play action passes. Although Jimmy G is a freaking bust. And I think Trey Lance will run it much better than Jimmy G ever did. But Kyle Shanahan is not a good head coach. He will find you ways for you to lose football games. He, he just will. And it's continued to show. And at some point, the Niners are going to have to address that. Yeah, is this is, like you said, it is getting old. And if it doesn't change soon, then that's all anyone will ever think about him is that he just can't win the big one and get the job done, no matter how big of a lead he has. Uh, Zach, we're looking at where the Niners go from here. Obviously, the big question mark is with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They drafted Trey Lance last year to be presumably the next guy whenever they decide to move on from Jimmy G. Is that going to be this offseason? Is it maybe the following offseason? Where do you think Jimmy G goes from here? Um, I don't really. I don't really know Jimmy G's con- contract, but oh, he's got one more year. All right. Um, I mean, you cut him. It's only they don't have much to deal with there. It's only million something dead cap, so that's not too bad, honestly. Um, do they want Trey Lance to develop another year? I don't know. I mean, he looked pretty good in the in the time that he did get. Yeah, and I know you would be really happy about that uh, oh. for Harvey's league. Oh, let me tell you, I could go on a complete tangent on why I need that to happen, but I digress. Yeah, why the guy that just won the league and dominated needs needs another bonus. <laughs> yeah, everybody, every, everybody's rooting for you there on that one, man. I'm, uh, I really hope for that. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan favorite. Let me let me tell you, <laughs> true fan favorite. If I, they, they could always use more cap space. I could easily see Jimmy G getting moved in one way or another um, to somewhere else. You already had Trey Lance sit for a year. How long you, do you want to have the guy sit uh, being a top five overall pick? I don't know. It, Trey Lance, does he have the intangibles to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? That We'll only see that once he actually gets on the field. He's yeah. got the running. He's got the the body for it. Does he have the rest of it? We'll find out. Yeah. One thing I do know is that Jimmy G doesn't have it. Now, granted, I will give him this. He actually played pretty well for, again, three quarters-ish in this yeah. one, similar to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs a couple years back. But when push came to shove in the fourth quarter, what did he do? He crapped himself through a late game. Inter- he had a chance to get the team in the field goal range to tie it or a touchdown to win it. 
with a minute 46, I think it was. And instead he throws, uh, promptly goes and throws a pick. It just, it's either in, in this playoff run in particular, it looked like either he played bad or mediocre and the rest of the team carried him to the win. Or in this case, he actually played fairly well, but when push came to shove and the team needed him to step up and make a play, he choked. So I just, I just don't get the sense that Jimmy G has the it factor. I just feel like he, like Mike said, I won't, I won't say he's complete and our dog shit, no. but like, I think he's, he's no more than a Ryan Tannehill, just a straight up game manager that can't go out and make the big plays to win a game. And it's just going to make him a boatload of money leading teams to the playoffs, but never to championship glory. And right. I mean, they won games in spite of him, not because of him. Yes, exactly. But you don't, you don't win Super Bowls with that guy. No. And, and unless you've got 40 something Peyton Manning and your defense is so over the top that you can get away with it. Yeah. But other than that, no. And so I, I obviously for fantasy purposes, I very much want to see Jimmy G traded, cut, released, whatever. And Trey Lance, to enter the starting, but I don't think it's as clear cut as that. I really think that San Fran has to think if it's worth letting Jimmy G play out his contract and getting Trey Lance another year to get comfortable in the system and sit under a, a professional veteran like Jimmy G, or if that one year was more than enough in, in the flashes that they saw him, in Jimmy G's stead, that was enough to say he's ready to go for next year and then completely build the offense around him, which the offense is really designed for him more so than it is Jimmy G. I think in my opinion, run first run heavy. Uh, you can do a lot of option plays with him if you want, and it sets up the play action. Um, so I think it is set up more for Trey Lance than it is Jimmy G, but it really just comes down to whether the ownership and the coaches staff feel that uh, they're ready to give the keys to the car over to Trey Lance, or if they're just sick of Jimmy G and they said, this guy just can't do it for us. And we want to move on for that reason. Or maybe it's a little of both who knows. Um, But that kind of rolls into my one big thing for the conference championships. And that is that Jimmy G will never lead a team to a Super Bowl win ever. Simple point and of discussion for me. Mike, what about you? One big thing from the conference championships. You know, there are a lot of things I could go with, but the one I'm going to go with is I vastly underestimated the Cincinnati Bengals. I did not see them as a Super Bowl contender this year. I didn't think their line was good enough. I didn't think their defense was good enough. I thought they were a year away, and I thought their ceiling was the AFC championship. And I was wrong. I didn't think they had what it took to beat the Chiefs. And Joe Burrow is a stone-cold killer. He, he's as good as it gets in the clutch. He he is one of the future faces of this league. He's that third guy in the AFC, like like you were saying, Ryan. And they have it. You know, they've got the magic. W- will they beat the Rams? That's to be seen. The Rams are a very good team getting a home Super Bowl game. That's That's no easy task to go in there and win that. But the Bengals are for real, and they are Super Bowl contenders. And they're one win away from putting together perhaps one of the most shocking Super Bowl runs we've seen. Zach? 
Sean McVay is an average head coach and will do something to lose them the Super Bowl. Oof. He it's, will it's, make some some mistake. He's done it every stage so far. He's just gotten bailed out. He will do something to lose them in the Super Bowl. It's hard to argue against that. I mean, the fact that they were out of timeouts so quickly, I think in the in the conference championship game in the second half, yeah. like that, you cannot be blowing through timeouts nope. and have none left going into the fourth quarter. That's just inexcusable. Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with my uh, my kicking here. I, it, it, it bared its head again, um, and especially in overtime, the AFC Championship game. Uh, the importance of having it. Uh, that's, again, um, what I'm going to roll with for this round. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Now, before I get your guys's uh, – or Zach and Mike's Super Bowl 56 predictions, if they so choose to give them here or save them for Foxborough files. I want to wrap up with some Brady retirement talk. Uh, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's just uh, recap how it all went down. Cause it was a little bit chaotic was a little bit chaotic uh, about a, about a week ago, last Saturday, it was initially reported by ESPN that Brady would be retiring per Schefter and Jeff Darlington. But then two days later, Brady states on his podcast that he was still undecided and going through things. And that was confirmed by his agent. So everyone's kind of sitting there like, well, does ESPN know something that we don't? Like, what did they just jump the gun on this? What, like, what's going on? And then the very next day, Brady announces the next that he is officially retiring from the NFL via Instagram. Now the announcement left some people specifically uh, a lot of Patriots fans uh, a little perplexed because Brady thanked Bucks fans in the organization, but he did not actually mention the Patriots in his initial announcement. Uh, he would later thank Patriots fans in the team after the team itself, Robert Kraft and the organization issued its own thank you statement to Brady. Uh, so <laughs> let me, let me just uh, start with you, Zach. Whoa, if you want, what, what, what were your thoughts on how this all played out? Um, so start off by saying that Brady owes us as fans. Absolutely nothing. Saying that I was very upset. <laughs> It was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in my life. He was in the he was with the Tampa Bay for two fucking years, uh, and he was with the Patriots for twenty. And you're gonna go naming all these Bucks people down the line, and you don't say a word about the Patriots. That was fucking disgraceful. I I was very upset about that. Nick. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't really feel like it was uh. I feel like when he left New England, it was he, you know, he did all of the, uh, you know, saying goodbye and appreciate like appreciation stuff for the uh, the Patriots organization. I, I'm more so uh, in line with the first half of what Zach said and the fact that I mean he doesn't owe us anything. Um, what he gave us on the field is more than enough um, appreciation. Um, especially given all the success that he had uh, with the Patriots. But 
Um, was it a little weird, I guess, to not really get any name dropping as far as like um, the Patriots side of things? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little weird, but uh, I mean, at least he you know, acknowledged us once, you know, Kraft and the Patriots organization put out their statement. Right. But um, I still feel like when he when he left because he never should have left New England. Um, so if anything, um, you know, it, it should be fuck Belichick and uh, whoever else was responsible uh, for making Tom leave because he never should have left. I mean, he, he should have been like, uh, it's the same thing with Paul Pierce. I mean, these guys, they, they should have stayed with the franchise throughout their entire career and retired um, uh, on the team and not having to come back and sign like a one day contract just to retire as uh, you know, a member of the team. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of Bill's fault for, uh, I, I, I would much rather, direct my frustration towards uh, Bill than Tom um, for causing the situation uh, in of itself. Mike, where do you stand on all this? Um, you know, I was, I, I mean, they both said it. He doesn't owe us anything. Um, I wish he had said thank you, but like, I'm not losing any sleep over it at the end of the day. And my big takeaway is whoever decided to be the a-hole who spoiled that, like, F them. Like, you only get to retire once, really, in theory, unless you're, like, Brett Favre, then you do it five times. But, like, he he, he was only going to retire once, and someone at ESPN got hold of the information and decided to give it to Schefter for it to be released early and not on Brady's terms. And I think that kind of ruined it and took the, the uniqueness out of it a little bit, especially for me. It was like, oh, he's retiring. Oh, he's not retiring. Oh, he is retiring. It's like, just let him make the announcement himself. It would have been cooler that way, not knowing in advance of his formal announcement. And I don't know, people, reporters got to stop like trying to always get ahead of these stories. Yeah. I, I tend to agree that he owes us nothing. So I'm with you, you guys all on that front. I, I, I think it's unfortunate that he didn't name anyone in from the Pats in the initial statement, but I think that just goes to show where he left, uh, where he stood with the organization on the way out. Maybe there's left still lingering bitterness. And, uh, but it was good that he at least, uh, he at least uh, made up for it with the after statement. But again, uh, he doesn't owe us anything. I would, would it have been nice for him to just thank everyone from both the Patriots and Bucks in his initial statement? Yes. But again, he later did so, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose anything over it. I'm not too worried about it. I'm just gonna celebrate the career that was, and just be happy that I got to experience literally the best like football team era, like because I don't know if I'm ever gonna get to do that. Like I don't know if we're ever gonna see another stretch of dominance of just Super Bowl runs and championship that. Tom Brady gave us in New England. So uh, I, I'm just going to tip my cap. Tom, thank you for a hell of a career. Thank you for all the memories. You've earned this the ride out into the sunset. Uh, with that being said, uh, I think that's just about going to do it here. But if Zach and Mike would like to offer their Super Bowl 56 predictions, uh, the floor is yours. 
Uh, well, I, I'm going to direct people over to Fox profiles for, for my pick. Yep. But little Mike, if, uh, if you'd like to make yours, give him a little taste. Yeah. You know, um, I'm actually going to do the same because I made my pick over at Fox profiles. What I will use this time to say is uh, I would like to formally apologize for my inappropriate Raiders comments at the beginning of this podast. The, uh, the, the back-to-back podcasts were getting to me, and I'd also like to formally Wait. use this time. I'd also like to formally use this time to give you all one very important message that you all need to remember, and that is this: Shut up, Duke. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Wait, ca- what did you? What did you say, Mike? You, can you say that again? I'm sorry. Let me repeat because it's such an important message that would be oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Duke. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, if you didn't him. catch it, Nick, it was uh, it was fuck Duke. Hmm. I, 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 maybe I'm having a mic issues, but um, I don't. I, I do you say you say fuck Duke? Nick, we're gonna play a game. Ready? It's okay. it's called Simon says. You're gonna you're gonna repeat whatever yeah. I say. For example, okay, like, okay. Si- Simon says, "Screw the Chiefs." You would say, okay. "Screw the Chiefs." Oh. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Ready? Nice. Simon yeah. says, "Fuck Duke." Uh oh 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 um fuck Duke. Nice. Ding ding ding. Mike, I'm going to cancel you. Yo, eat shit, Ryan. Yo, eat shit, Ryan. R- Ryan, I'm like, I'm like your leading uh, guest. I think you can't cancel me. Okay. Well, uh, oh, you didn't geez. have to go there. That's, that's, you didn't, you shouldn't have said that. Hey, you Ryan, should. Simon says end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's about high time we finish this up. So uh, for Mike Ayua, Nick Brown, and Zach Lacey, I am your host, Ryan, and we will see you next time. Go, Duke. Duke. Suck at UNC. Duke. Take that 25-point L. Let's go, Duke. Nobody cares. Suck, Fuck it. Duke. Suck it. Suck it.